Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from Pastor Garth Ball. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. You know, I'm really excited this morning to be sharing with you about something that God has been really stirring Jamie's heart and mine about over the past sort of Christmas break. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things, who knows, Jesus 2015, you know, as you can preach about a million things off that as well. Uh, but I think, you know, God's been speaking to me about something definitely that he's speaking to Jamie and I personally about but also that I think is a message for definitely our church, but also, you know, when we, we go off to Africa in like about 90 days or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, seriously, it's very soon. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my wife and I are going to Kenya in not long uh, to start a C3 church there in Nairobi. So 2015 is pretty big. I know I just loved when Mel was singing that song, it is well, it is well, it's all good because... You know, definitely I don't need to be too much of a prophet to realize that we're going to face some challenges in 2015. And unfortunately, that's the case for all of us. But I do know this 2015 is going to be full of two things for you, challenges and God's goodness. And uh, so no matter what comes your way, I can guarantee you it's not going to all be easy, but I can guarantee you Jesus said, I'll be sure of this, I'll be with you till the very end of the age. And, and he's going to be with you at all times. So it's going to be a great year. Turn to the person next to you and say, 2015 is going to be the best year yet, no matter what happens. Because Jesus is going to be in 2015 for you. Uh, you know, I've just been, I, I married my best friend the other day uh, as a wedding celebrant. And um, his speech was, he said in his speech, he said, my parents always thought I was going to marry Garth. Uh, and so it was a pleasure for me to do that. But we're down in Sydney. And uh, man, it was just, everywhere we go, God is challenging me about sharing my faith. And uh, you might have typically heard the word evangelism used a lot. I'm not going to use that word. I don't really like it that much. Uh, it's in the Bible. I don't like it. That's all right. So it's good. Use it. But it's like some people are like, what, what does that even mean? And I'm just going to not really beat around the bush too much. For me, it means introducing people to Jesus. That is the simple definition of the term, is sharing your faith and helping uh, someone else that you know, meet someone else that you know, hopefully that is Jesus. If you don't, you've come to the right place. We're so glad you're here this morning. If you wouldn't class yourself as a Christian this morning, you come to the right place and I really hope you come back as well. Uh, we love having you here, but I want to challenge us that would call ourselves Christians, uh, that this be a year that we are bold in sharing our faith. And I think that is like one of the, the most important factors of our faith that there is. And everywhere I go, so at this wedding, there was, you know, multitudes, like everyone was there would, would not call themselves a Christian. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty big conversation breaker, you know, oh, what are you, what's been happening? Oh, I'm moving to Africa in four months. And, you know, it sort of gets things going a bit. The t- typical response, really? Wow, that's big. I was like, yeah, sure is. Everyone says that, everyone. What are you doing there? I'm going to start a church. Really? You got earrings and you're, you know, you're a minister. What? you know, sort of fit the profile. And so everywhere we're going, just being great opportunity to just share why we do what we do in a really clear, loving, simple way. And I believe that is, well, as I'll hopefully show you this morning, that is the thing 
that God has called us to do. And uh, so, you know, I read a quote as well on Facebook yesterday. It said this, it said, the, big, the biggest problem the world is facing today is not radical Islam, but nominal Christianity. And I was just like, oh, that hurts. That's a big one. Not radical Islam, nominal Christianity. Because you know what? If you have the King of Kings in your world, Jesus as the Lord of your life, as first place in 2015, it really doesn't matter what darkness throws at this world. If the church and if Christians will rise up and be the light that they're called to be, it's just a matter of time before darkness is defeated. Uh, and, and so I believe that this is just a year to make Jesus famous. That's why I want to share about this. 2015, we need to make Jesus famous. We need to put our attentions on Him. And we need our nations to be turning to Him um, because He is the answer. And I think people are fed up with evil and dark. And uh, so it's about time that we spread the light uh, to all that are interested. So that's what I want to encourage you around this morning. And, and my aim in this is that you would, uh, because I, I'm preaching to myself, I'm, this isn't like me preaching to you, I'm saying this is what's happened in my world. These are reasons I haven't done as well as I should have in this area. These are the challenges I've experienced uh, and sort of want to paint a picture of the way forward. But let me just uh, read something to you quickly. See, lost people, People that don't, aren't connected to Jesus are Jesus' passion. That is what he's passionate about. Uh, Luke 19, verse 10, Jesus announced his mission. He said, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. And then this next verse, I think, paints a great picture. Just after Jesus... See, if you want to read something in your own time out of the Bible, why don't you read John chapter 4, as we're looking at this sort of theme over the next couple of weeks. And it's about the woman at the well. And Jesus is just going along his everyday life, which you and I do every day of our life. Normal life, going from here to there. And he comes across a person that has a need. And he reaches that person, what we might call introducing them to Jesus or, you know, reaching them or seeing them come into relationship, connection with Christ. But, and, and he does that and he, and, he, and he meets this woman and her life's changed. She goes off around all the different regions nearby and and spreads the word about what happened to her, and this man that knows her and loves her, and all this. It's an incredible story. And so Jesus' disciples had gone off to uh, get some food. They were a little bit hungry while this is going on. So they come back, and they say, hey, Jesus, don't, don't you want something to eat? And he's like, you know, I've got food that you don't know about. And they're like, who, who would have brought Jesus food? We've been gone. I don't know how we would have got any food. But then he says this. He says, uh, in the version I'm reading, it says, my nourishment, or the version that you've got up there probably says, my food comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. You know, Jesus is there, and he says, you know, the thing that makes me tick the, the thing that quenches the hunger that you don't know, the spiritual hunger on the inside of me, the thing that makes me come alive, the thing that nourishes me, the thing that gives me purpose in my life is doing what I just did, reaching people, seeing their lives transform. And I would like to propose to you this morning that that is what should bring the greatest nourishment, satisfaction to each of our lives. And I'd also like to suggest that something's going to be missing from your walk as long as, with Christ as long as it remains too intrinsic 
about you only, about the things that are going on in your life, the problems that you're facing, the challenges that are coming your way, the things that are going on on the inside. If you just keep doing that all the time, you're going to be lacking something because God has given you an outlet that is going to bring satisfaction to your world. And that is reaching people with what he reached you with. And, uh, you know, if you are, would not call yourself a Christian here this morning, I just want you to understand why we talk about sharing our faith is because we believe that we have something so incredible that has transformed our lives that it would be selfish of us to keep it to ourselves. Uh, my, my, uh, a friend of mine, shall I say, said to me once, who is not a Christian, said, I understand why they would want to, why you would want to tell everyone about it. Because if you believe that it really is as good as what you say it is, then you'd be mad not to try and share it. And so that's sort of a little bit of a backdrop to why we're doing this. Uh, Let me just show you another scripture about Paul. Paul was equally as passionate about spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. He says, And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. I don't know if the Holy Spirit's been speaking to anyone like that. I hope not. It's not a great way to uh, thing to be hearing. But... Uh, but, but he says this, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work, it says in this version, of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Man, that's something significant, isn't it? This guy is willing to face anything that comes his way just to say, you know what, it doesn't even matter if I have everything in line if I'm not doing what God has called me to do. And Paul just said, you know, I'm I'm ruthless about that. And so that's why our vision is the Central Coast for Christ. I don't know if you can believe that, if you can still see that, that we would be a region here on the Central Coast where the predominant uh, force and belief and influence is that of Jesus Christ and the church. And I believe that can be the case. Tracking with me so far. And that, my friends, is why we must, we must be doing what we can to share what we have. Um, you know, as I've been starting to plan this church plan in Nairobi, I've been looking at vision statements and mission statements and all that sort of thing. And, and it sort of dawned on me and I thought, man, we've already been given, the church has been given the mission statement, the one that we need. It's, it's the same for every, everyone across the face of the planet. Every church will have this in their thing. They maybe just package it in a, in a sharper sort of way to make it sound really great and have a bit of alliteration, some things like that. But, um, but do you want to hear it, the mission statement for the church? Here it is. Jesus gave it to us. And if you go, go and Google a whole bunch of mission statements around the world and you'll find this is the thing just said in a different way. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Even though it's so clear what God's called us to do, do you ever find it funny that it's so difficult for us to do? Does anyone else struggle with sharing their faith? Is there any show of hands or sort of a few little half hands up? I find it, I've found it really difficult. And uh, you'll find that the, the most resistance and the things that we find hardest to do are the things that matter most to God. Uh, because, you know, if you think about how hard it is for you to pray, how hard is it for you to open your Bible? How hard is it to get everyone ready to get to church in the morning? How hard is it to, to give? 
um, how hard is it to share your faith. But just because it's challenging doesn't mean that we can't do it and we must find a way. So as I said today, I want to go through three reasons, not reasons actually, I was going to say reasons why I haven't um, introduced people to Jesus like I uh, should, um, but actually it's excuses, uh, excuses why, uh, that I've used to not do it. Um, and so we're going to do that this morning. Then tonight, this movie is going to be absolutely incredible. Uh, these guys that just created a movie by waking up each morning, praying for the Holy Spirit to show them where to go and go on to reach people. And I think we're all going to be really stirred to go out and be fearless and courageous in doing what we're talking about here today. Uh, and then next Sunday morning, my beautiful wife, who couldn't be here today, is going to be preaching, uh, and she's going to, uh, she'd have, she's probably one of, uh, such a great influence in my life about um, being bold with, with my faith, and she's an incredible evangelist, and she's going to talk us through practical ways that work in, a, in, in Australian context, in your workplace, because here's the thing, this Sunday, do you know, what's the purpose of coming here? Why do we come here, do you reckon, on a Sunday? What's the purpose of it? Probably a whole bunch of thoughts out there as to why. I would suggest this. Our purpose in coming here should be to celebrate Jesus and all that he is doing through your life, in your workplace, in your family, during the week. Uh, this isn't the purpose of the week. This is like the finale. This isn't the movie. It's the final scene. It's like the, wow, this week has been so incredible. Let's celebrate everything that's being done. Uh, and so you are the guys that Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. Go to your workplace. And Jamie has done just that in her workplace. I mean, Alec, where's Big Al? Where, I, I see there he is, Big Al. Um, is from Jamie's workplace. And yeah, how long have you been here? You met Jesus a few months ago since Easter. And so almost coming up to a full year. So, uh, you know, seeing some great fruits. So that's next Sunday night, Sunday morning. And then Sunday night, Ra is going to be preaching. And I want you to start inviting people because the, the sole purpose of that is going to be for Ra to explain the gospel in a really clear, incredible way. So I want you to invite people. Uh, we're going to put some things into practice. And uh, it's going to be a great couple of weeks. And by the end of that, we're just going to set the world on fire and everything's going to be fantastic. Does that sound like a good plan? Great. Let's do that. Okay. So three reasons why Garth has been a bit slack on the old introducing people to Jesus front. And to do that, why don't you, uh, let's read this scripture together. 1 Peter 3. If you've got your Bible, why don't you grab it? Because it's just great having it in your hand. And again, it may be... A little bit. Let me read it from up here, actually, because my version is different, and that's sometimes a little bit annoying for, for people as I do that. Here we go, 1 Peter 3, 13 to 17. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats, do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. And so, point number one, reason number one, excuse number one for Garth, uh, I'm too busy to connect with unbelievers. Too busy to connect with unbelievers. Verse 15 said, if someone, if someone asks you about your hope, for some of us, that's a big if, uh, because we don't have anyone around that is actually in need of the answer to that question. Uh, we all know that sharing your faith is 
most effective, right, when you have a relationship with someone. I think that's one of the key things for Australians. The old stand on a soapbox in the middle of the street, maybe not so effective, but the personal friendship connection, knowing someone, building a relationship with them and sharing from that base is really important. Problem is, the longer that we are in church, the less people that we actually know who would class themselves as non-Christians. Does anyone find that issue themselves? I know that's for me. I uh, attend church. I work in a church. I go and play squash with Jeff McManus, who is a Christian, and I turn into somewhat of a non-Christian when I play him because he demolishes me most, no, not most, every time without a doubt. And so we, are, we just aren't in the position to do that. Like, who are you going to, who are you building relationships with? Who are we building relationships with? And then we say, well, okay, let's, if we need to build more relationships, I'm too busy. Too busy. I don't have time to go and do anything that's going to be connecting with other people. I've got my little world and I, and I have what I need and I've got my friends, I've got my church and I don't, I don't have time for anything else. But like all the good things of our faith, we will find time for that which we value. And no matter how busy we are, we must find time to be intentional about building relationships with people, not, and not just for the sake of seeing them come to Christ, though that's good, but just to be Christians, just to interact with people around our world that share different views to what we would. And so I think we need to be uh, absolutely intentional in doing that. Uh, it needs to be a priority. Rick Warren says this, he says, find the thing that you love to do and do it with five unbelievers. Is that a good idea? What do you love to do? If you love, he said, if you love going shooting, he's an American, then go shooting with, you know, five other people. If you love going to the gym, go to the gym and invite some other people to go along with you. I'm, gonna, I'm starting playing cricket again next week. That's going to be all interesting. And uh, this is one of, the, one of the reasons that I want to do that because I want to expand my world to a place that is not so insular that I have no opportunity to be a bright and shining light to people around it. Uh, it's great to be here and share and preach, but really this is not the higher calling, the higher calling is every person in their sphere influencing people where they're at. And so I want to be a part of that. I, want to, I just want, don't want to tell you to do it. I want to do it myself. Um, and sure, yeah, you do need to be strong in your faith. Like, you know, so you might be a young person here and you might be thinking, well, I've been led a bit astray by hanging out with the wrong people. You've got to be very smart. I mean, I'm not going to be going to the pub every night with the guys I'm going to play cricket with, but I'm going to be around their world. And so you need to be strong. You need to be a light because it's no use being a bad influence to someone and hanging around people in the wrong context. But we need to be strong in our faith. We need to be strong enough to say, you know what, I can be in this context, in the world, not of it, and be a bright and shining light. Uh, And so... Let me read one other thing. That will help you think. You know, I tell you the best, the best service that we had in 2014. Could you, what do you think? The best service, the best, um, the, the service that you walked out from in 2014, you just thought that was really great. Do you remember, do you, do you have one of those? Can anyone think of one that you were, that you experienced? I do. And it was a Christmas morning one. I'll tell you why. Because there was people here who didn't know Jesus. And there was a lot of them. And uh, that's what this church needs to be. We need to be a community, not just on Sundays, but during the week where there's a whole bunch of people. And for me, having that, I was like, wow, you start thinking 
remembering what it was like. I don't know if you remember how hard it was just taking a step to believe in Jesus, just to say, Jesus, I believe in you. Do you remember that for me, that was so difficult. It was like the first step was like jumping off a rock and, you know, in the water, meters down. It was difficult. Remember the first time that you came to church? I tried to avoid going to church. I, when my mate, I'm like, I don't want to go to church. They're weird and a bit strange. You know, we've got to remember what it's like so that we can effectively reach people where they're at. And doing that makes a difference. Rick Warren also says, um, one problem long-term Christians have is that they forget how hopeless it felt to be without Christ. We must remember that no matter how contented or successful people appear to be, without Christ they are hopelessly lost and headed for eternal separation from God. So I want to encourage you. I don't know if you're hanging around enough uh, unbelievers and non-Christians, but I want to encourage you to get amongst it this year in 2015. Go and be intentional about being a difference in your sphere. Number two, I'm not smart enough to answer all their tricky questions. Does anyone sometimes feel not smart enough? You know, what if they bring out like this and that, and I don't want to really get into a debate about this and that, and you know, it's, I, don't really, I don't know what to say, so it's probably just easier if I don't say anything. Good point, not enough to stop you from doing it anyway. Uh, verse 15 says in that verse, and if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. That doesn't let us off the hook. It's, it means there's nothing, there's no reason enough for you to say, well, it's just better I don't, that you've got to find a way. So it's not, no, it's like, okay, it's difficult, but let's find a way to do it. Um, here's a few points that might help you relieve a bit of pressure off your shoulders as you do that. Are you ready for this? Bring it on. I hear someone wanting it. You are called to be witnesses, not lawyers. Acts 1.8 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, through Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You don't need to get into an argument with someone. You just need to tell them what has happened in your life. All you need to do is say, this is what happened in my life. If they don't want that, then that's not your problem. That becomes their problem. But your job, Jesus said, your job is to say what has happened in your life since you met Jesus. And because I used to struggle because I didn't have like, you know, Pastor Julie meets Jesus himself in Singapore and it's just like, boom, story, what are you going to say to that? <laughs> uh, cool, you're either crazy or I want in, like either one. I don't have that story and so I don't have this undeniable uh, moment where I can say, I saw God and it was amazing. Uh, and so I thought, well, what, what have I got to offer? People don't, you know, the best thing that I've received is forgiveness of sin. And I was like, people don't want that, do they? You know, it's not, that's not really selling it amazingly or, you know, love of being connected to the love of God. Yeah, it's all right. Purpose in life, yeah, that's not too bad, but some people are already successful. So it's, you know, all right. So I thought that what I had was not enough, but guess what? Jesus didn't call me to convince that person and force them into something. He just said, share the hope, the reason for the hope which you have. And, and so as you do that, you know, yeah, scripture about that. Acts 20, verse 25 to 27, just after the one I read before about Paul. And he said this, and now I know that none of you to whom I have preached the kingdom will ever see me again. I declare today that I have been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal death, it's not my fault. 
for I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. I want to be able to say that at the end of my life, that it's not my fault if people around my world choose to reject Jesus because at least I've told them. At least I said, you know what? I, f- I found forgiveness from sin. I found a clean conscience. I found a purpose in what I'm doing. I found connection to the, the love of God and acceptance from someone that I was searching for acceptance all along. And if they go, well, yeah, no, but no, thanks. That's sad, but it's not my deal. You know what I mean? Because uh, Jesus said, you're called to be witnesses. You're not called to be lawyers and argue the case. You're not called to be judges and sentence people. You're not called to be you know, teachers and teach people the right way to, to go. You've got to be witnesses of what God has done in your life. It takes the pressure off. Don't worry about what the response is. You just need to do your job. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. And also, here's, here's the thing. Put time into scripting those things. Write down the, the reason for the hope that you profess. Why are you here today? Why are you still walking with Jesus? What has he done in your life that is so transformational that has got you coming, for, for some of us here, has been come, have you coming back for 5, 10, 15, 20 plus years? What is it that he has done? Don't wonder about it. Don't wing it on the run. It says, be ready, be prepared. Because in Colossians 4, verse 5 and 6, it says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. I don't know about you, but I find if I'm not prepared, I miss opportunities. And there's nothing worse for me than missing an opportunity. I remember when I was just a young believer, I, I didn't really, I was in that zone of I don't really have anything convincing to say. And I played cricket with a guy and he was like the right-hand man to some past opposition leaders of our federal government and um, state premiers and CEO of a very, very large government organization. Uh, and I dropped him home once. He goes, so Garth, why, are you, why do you go to church? What's this all about? And I just, I don't even know what I said. I think I just vomited and burped a little bit. It was just disgusting, whatever. It was nothing. It was a shocker. And I, he got out of the car. I'm like, oh, I just missed an incredible opportunity because I was not prepared. And so, you know, if we feel prepared, we feel confident. And you don't have, as I said, don't need to come up with the wisest words going around. You just need to know the reason for the hope that you have. And so be sure of what that is. Lastly, you don't want to be Bible bashers. I didn't want to be a Bible basher. And that's good. You definitely do not want to be a Bible basher. There's some people out there that you wish you could actually Bible bash who are Bible bashers with uh, the biggest study Bible, interlinear Bible you can find, amplified version, and just give them a good old once-over Bible bashing themselves because they've done everyone such a disservice uh, to sharing our faith. I know I I had a family member, some of my family struggle with uh, the concept of church because I had a family member and he was a Christian and didn't take his medication, and would like to tell other family members on the street corner that they're going to hell, and, you know, this needs to be, you know, blah, 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 and he's one of those that I'd like to get the amplified version out on, but, you know, we don't, it's not about, we can speak truth, the Bible says, in love, and the key is that verse 16, it says, but do this in a gentle and respectful way. 
No one wants anything forced down their throat. That's why it's the beauty of being a witness. You're not telling them that they have to do something. You're not commanding them to do something. You're just sharing what's happened in your world. Uh, and, and it must be in a loving and gracious way. If you do that in a loving and gracious way, you're not Bible bashing anyone and no one's going to accuse you of doing that. Um, but, you know, we really do need to make sure that we are doing it. Take this, this word of Peter's advice. Some people look at Peter on the day of Pentecost and the credible, hard-hitting message he preached. That might be okay in some contexts, 0.1% of the time, maybe in a church service or different things. But in your day-to-day personal evangelism, said it, uh, be gentle. Do it in a gentle and respectful way and just be a bright and shining light. Um, and I, I really want the opportunity to just pray for some people at the beginning of this year. And so I did have numbers four and five written down, but I'm not going to get to them in detail. The fourth one was that we're scared of being rejected. And that's why it's really important that we're secure in who we are, that it says in that verse as well, that if they, uh, sorry, I don't have it written down here. It says, uh, do this in a general and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see life you you may, it's not always going to go down well. It's not always going to be received. Not everyone, it's not the first time you share the, re, the reason for the hope you have is everyone going to go, that's amazing. Let me meet Jesus. Let me come to church. It took me a year and a half by the time someone actually mentioned something about Jesus to me to the time that I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. It took a year and a half and me rejecting that person. So we need to be so secure in ourselves that someone's response to us doesn't dictate how we feel. We don't shrink back. What if they don't like me? What if they get angry? What if this? What if that? No, no, no. Whatever comes, comes. But we can just stand there confident, knowing, you know what, this is what's happened for me. Cool. It's not for you. No worries. Uh, But you don't need to feel bad about yourself if it's happened. And finally, I was going to say that we don't genuinely love people enough. That was one of my reasons. Do I genuinely love people? Not certain people. We all love certain people. But do we genuinely love people? I didn't. I can tell you that right now. And God is taking me to a new level of that even now as we speak of seeing people's needs. So the problem is as well, based on that last point as well, Bible says love others as you love yourself. The problem is with that verse is most Christians do that. We do love others as we love ourselves, but we don't love ourselves. And so we can't love other people. And so we need to be secure in ourselves, love ourselves, and then extend that to other people as one have a genuine heart to see people, people that are, you know, not nice to you, people that say not nice stuff, people that do not nice stuff, people that are nice, all sorts of people, we need a heart for people, then we can genuinely be on the lookout to make a difference. So why don't we just stand up and I can ask the band to come this morning. This is something that I'm journeying on big time. I don't have all the answers. I'm just taking you on a bit of a journey where I'm at as well. In fact, Jamie and I were talking for this over breakfast in Sydney, and, uh, and then the waitress was not very polite, and I had a little bit of a snappy conversation, and I walked out, and Jamie looked at, it, at me. Oh, I was like, she goes, probably not exactly what we were talking about, was it? I said, no, it wasn't. It wasn't very good at all. I say that to say we're all on a journey. We're not, we're not, no one's arrived. We're all working at being, you know, ready to just be a a great influence and a 
great impact. So, uh, as I said, we've got, we've got a little bit of time and we don't often get to pray for people in our morning service too often. And so, you know, I think it'd be really great just at the beginning of the year, just to, as Mel was saying in that song, just to recalibrate and just say, you know what, whatever, however I've started, however I have finished 2014, no matter what is currently facing me and no matter what's to come, that I'm looking to Jesus in 2015 in every area of my world and I'm going to live for Him. Maybe you are in an, at an, you have had opportunities. This isn't like a, again, please, I'm saying it's things, mistakes that I've made in case it helps you because this is not a beat up session. It's another fresh opportunity. You can't change what's been done. I can't change that opportunity that I missed with my friend. I can't change the way I've responded just a couple of weeks ago. But today's a new day and we can make a fresh start and a fresh commitment to say, Jesus, your Lord, and uh, you're number one. And I'm going to do my very best to live for you and also make you famous in my world and be the bright shining light that God has called me to be. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.